Good morning. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I remember back in my youth pastor days, we used to play a game uh, or used to do these things that were like a game called icebreakers. And icebreakers were intended uh, to be uh, uh, a game that made it a little less awkward for large group gatherings like groups of a hundred or so um, so that those who maybe felt a little awkward in a large group could kind of relax a little bit, get to know some people, people would mingle together. Um, of course, if you're an extrovert, uh, you loved the icebreakers. If you were an introvert, you hated the icebreakers. Uh, I would have to say that I hated the icebreakers. I uh, uh, especially despised one particular icebreaker that we would do, and it was called uh, the barnyard game. And the, uh, the barnyard game went like this. Um, you had uh, a little card given to you. So let's say you're in a group of 100 people. You had a card given to you, and on that card uh, was a barnyard animal, like um, a cow or a dog or a duck or a chicken or a sheep. Um, and and uh, everybody was given a card and supposedly there were several others who would have a card similar to yours. And the leader said, hey, listen, there's nine other people, let's say, who, who have uh, your card. So if you're a cow, there's nine other cows here. And in a second, we want you to find the other cows, the other, other barnyard animal that matches yours. Only the only thing you can do is uh, to communicate uh, by your by your sound, whatever whatever sound your animal makes, that's the only thing you can that can come out of your mouth. So of course uh, he says go, and right when he says go, the play the room erupts, and you got a hundred people wandering around, uh, mooing and quacking and clucking and barking and making whatever sound and. You know, again, as you can imagine, uh, this was supposed to make uh, introverts feel a little less uh, awkward. Um, it increased our awkwardness for sure. Um, but, the, but the game seemed silly. There, there was too much noise. There was just noise everywhere. There was chaos. People were going around and, and the, the, the more that you can't find someone, the louder it gets. Or once you find someone, you start getting louder and louder yourself. And, uh, and there's just complete chaos uh, and again, the noise. It's not, you don't even know who to listen to, where to go. Well, today, this Sunday, uh, we begin our month-long series called Gospel Priorities. And this is something we've been doing for the last few years. This is actually the third January that we've done this series. And, and this month, the entire month, um, both morning and evening, we will have our, our sermons coming from Christ's proclamation in Luke chapter 4, the beginning of his ministry, as he read Isaiah chapter 61. And Isaiah 61 speaks of a salvation to the poor, uh, giving sight to the blind, um, uh, freedom for those who are in bondage, uh, a liberty for the captives. And Jesus reads that and says, this is what I have come uh, to do. But in the last three years, over the time that we've been doing this, it seems to me that in our culture, there has become more and more noise around these issues. In fact, I would say even in, in the American church, in churches across America, that noise around those issues there in Luke chapter four 
um, these kind of uh, redemptive uh, social aspects, um, there's been a lot of noise. There's been a lot of confusion. And I think they've centered around really two main questions or maybe two parts of the same question. And the question is this, should we be focused on gospel priorities? Should we as as a church, as God's people, should we be focused on gospel priorities like righteousness, uh, justice, um, shalom for our city, uh, loving our neighbors? Or should we as God's people, as churches here, should we be focused on the priority of the gospel? The life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ for the the redemption, for the atonement of our sins. And I would say around those two questions, the noise has gotten pretty loud. In fact, it's gotten very loud in the last half of 2020. And um, the mix of the pandemic, the political situation, all of that has produced a lot of noise a lot of confusion even in the church in America and sadly, I would say, even some division. But here we are, January 2021, the first Sunday, beginning a a new year. And I know whether it's on this issue or on other issues that are in your lives, what we want right now is clarity, we want truth, we want a new start. And it is good, isn't it? that at this first Sunday of the year, that we would gather together in our homes, albeit virtually, uh, to center our lives around Christ, to, to read his word. And so this morning, in the midst of that noise, let us be shaped by God's word. Matthew chapter four, we're gonna begin at verse 23, reading through chapter five, verse three, just to make sure we understand the context here. This is Matthew's uh, description of the beginning of Jesus' ministry, which actually begins in verse 17, and then the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter five. Hear what Matthew has to say as Jesus begins his ministry. And he, that is Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Seeing the crowds, he, that is Jesus, went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and Jesus opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we gather in our homes all across this city, even across this nation, maybe, Father, across this world, we would ask that your Holy Spirit would descend upon us, fill us. Lord, that we might understand your word this morning, that you might speak to us at the beginning of this new year, that amidst the noise, you would make clear your voice. So, Father, speak now. For your servants are listening. 
And all God's people said, amen. Well, like I said, it's a new year, a new beginning, a chance for us to focus. And amidst the noise, amidst everything, where do we start? Well, I would suggest to us this morning from this passage, three places to start. And the first and foremost is this, we start with Jesus. We start with Jesus. Look what it says, how Matthew begins in verse 23. He said, and he, that is Jesus. And of course, the whole gospel of Matthew is about Jesus. Mark is about Jesus. Luke, John, the epistles, they're about Jesus. The Old Testament, as we've studied Exodus over these last year, this last year and a half, it's about Jesus. And we need to remember that we are not as followers of Christ, as Christians, we are not simply called to a new way of life. We're not simply called to a new way of thinking. No, we are actually called to a person. And we are called to Jesus Christ himself. As Matthew describes the beginning of Jesus' ministry, even in the verses that precede the ones we read, we see in verses 18 through 22 the description of Jesus' calling of his first disciples, first Peter and Andrew, and then also James and John. And when Jesus called those four men, he didn't call them to study the Old Testament with him. He didn't call them even to join uh, his ministry, his earthly ministry. No, Jesus called them and he said, follow me. We're called to a person. And I know many of you are thinking right now, well, that's very obvious, Todd. And I agree, it's very obvious. We're not called to a religion, we're called to a person. And yet I would say this morning, it is obvious. But if it's obvious, why don't we do it? Why do we struggle so to to actually start with Jesus, to follow Jesus? And I would say, I, I think it's because I'm not sure we know Jesus as well as we ought. In fact, maybe that's an important question for us as we begin this new year. How well do I know Jesus? And not the Jesus that I want him to be. See, that's what we often do. We have little bits and pieces of Jesus that we learned in church or we see in our Bibles and then we kind of project out in our own minds, well, I would like Jesus or I think Jesus is like this. And while that is sometimes helpful because it's driven by God's word, sometimes it's not driven by God's word because we haven't really studied God's word. And so we begin to formulate a Jesus of our own making rather than the Jesus as he's revealed himself in the word of God. That's the Jesus that we need to know. And so as we begin this new year, 2021, amidst all the noise and confusion and even division that we've experienced inside and outside the church. Where do we begin? We begin with Jesus. And so, brothers and sisters, I would say, let's recommit ourselves in this year to knowing Jesus. Well, we start with Jesus. I'd also say, secondly, we start with his kingdom. Look at what Matthew says there in verse 23 when he speaks about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He says, and he went through all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. That really is a theme of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. 
You see that in uh, the way Jesus proclaims his uh, start to his ministry in verse 17 of chapter four, just verses ahead of where we read. It says from, in verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then also as he begins his Sermon on the Mount, uh, what we read in in chapter five, verse three, his opening words, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And even if you were to turn back in your Bibles to Matthew chapter three, where you see the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry, it says that John the Baptist in preparing the way for Christ says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if you were to go throughout the book of Matthew, even the rest of the gospels, you would see this idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're not used to speaking in words uh, like kingdom. We don't often think here in America in terms of kingdom. But just so we're all clear and and on the same page about this, uh, if there's a kingdom, then that means that there's a king who reigns over a people and a realm, a king who reigns over a people and a realm. And when you you think about that in terms of of Christ proclaiming the good news, the the gospel of the kingdom, there's some questions that might arise in your mind. Questions like, is this kingdom, this kingdom that Jesus is inaugurating, he's speaking about, is this kingdom spiritual or is it physical? Is this kingdom a kingdom that only has an individual element to it? Or is it a kingdom that also has a social element to it? Is this kingdom that Jesus speaks about, is this a kingdom for right now? Or is this just a kingdom for when Jesus returns? And as you think of those three questions, here's the answer, brothers and sisters. The answer to all three of the questions is yes, or both. There is a spiritual aspect of the kingdom of God. There is a physical aspect of the kingdom of God. There is both an individual element to the kingdom of heaven and a social element. There is both a sense in which the kingdom is now and the kingdom will also be when Christ returns. We don't have time this morning to unpack the whole concept of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Um, We will, those of you who actually, those of you men in the church, um, we're gonna begin our study of the entire gospel of Matthew this next week in our Amen Bible study. And we will talk at length about what this kingdom of heaven means. And if you wanna know more, that'll be a great opportunity to really open up God's word and to understand that. But this morning, in the short time that we have, as we speak about starting this new year with the kingdom, I think we need to look at two things in light of the questions that we just asked. I think first of all, going back to uh, Jesus' words in verse 17 of chapter four, when he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The response to the, the, the bringing in of the kingdom, what God is calling people to do, he says there, Jesus says, is to repent. So we need now, right now, in this moment, as individuals, in our hearts, to repent of any allegiance to any other kingdom. That's why Jesus says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because the reality is, 
that our, our sin comes from making, bringing our allegiance or giving our allegiance to other kingdoms. And so the call of the kingdom, when we start with the kingdom, it involves for us this in the now moment, individually in our hearts, repenting of our allegiance to other kingdoms. And we have those, don't we? We could say even now, we could think now. Some of the allegiance we've given to other types of kingdoms. Well, notice also what, Jesus, or what Matthew says in regards to Jesus' ministry there in Galilee. You see in verses 23 through 25, uh, Matthew gets really specific about the details of the healing. He says in verse 23 that Jesus has done three things or is doing three things as he goes throughout all of Galilee. He's teaching in their synagogues. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And it says he's healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And what is Jesus doing? See, he's not just proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He's not just saying, repent of your allegiance to other kingdoms. He's also saying... He's also healing people. He's also looking at people, seeing their afflictions, and doing something about it. In fact, what you see there is that Matthew is trying to to get the point across that Jesus in his kingdom is going to display his power over all realms of human existence. That's why Matthew gets so specific about what types of healings, what types of afflictions we're talking about. Because he wants to show that Jesus, the king in his kingdom, has power, absolute power, over all realms of human existence, physical existence. You see, Jesus healed spiritually, he healed emotionally, he healed physically. And say, well, where do you get that, Todd? Well, look at what it says there in verse 24 when it talks about those who are sick and afflicted. It says that he, that, that he healed all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains. And then he gets specific. Those oppressed by demons. That's spiritual. Epileptics. Or some would translate it schizophrenics. That's mental or emotional. And those who are paralytics, that's physical. Those with broken bodies. So what Matthew is saying is spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, Christ in the coming of his kingdom has absolute power over all of those realms. And it says that he healed all of them. Now, of course, he didn't heal all of them. We'll get to that second. But he healed all types. It was, it was comprehensive. And certainly those who were brought to him. And notice It wasn't necessarily that all those who were healed became disciples of Jesus. In fact, as you read through the gospel, it appears that Jesus healed those who may or may not have actually believed in him for their salvation. And even the fact that Jesus begins and and most of his ministry is in Galilee in the north, the northern part of of the country at that point was the part that was most mixed uh, ethnically. It It was the place that wasn't as pure as the south as far as just being Jewish. 
And so even the description of all those who came, all the crowds, suggests that there were a lot of Gentiles. There were a lot of those outside of the Israelite nation, outside of Jewish ethnicity. And Jesus intentionally is going to those places, way outside of just the Jewish nation. And he's, he's healing the physical bodies, emotionally, spiritually, of those who may or may not have believed him. He is demonstrating this kingdom. And so that's why we say the answer is both. The, the kingdom of heaven is both spiritual, a call to repent of our allegiance to other kingdoms, and it's also physical. Jesus was healing. He has, he has uh, power over all realms. And it's not just an individual element, certainly there's a part of it that just has to do with my heart and Jesus, but there's a social element to it. He was pursuing people groups. He was, he was affecting uh, society. And certainly we see though that Jesus didn't heal every single one. We know even as we began the book of Acts, um, when Peter and John come across uh, that man that's there at the temple, it says that he's been there for 40 years. That means that Jesus would have passed him by. So Jesus didn't heal every single person in Israel at that time. But he began his ministry, not just spiritually, but also uh, dominating the physical realm, showing his power over the physical realm, but it won't be finally consummated. We won't, we won't all finally be made new, finally healed until his coming again. So there's an inauguration of the kingdom and there will be a consummation of the kingdom. So what does that mean for us? I think it means this, that this new allegiance as we start with the kingdom as, as we talk about it this morning, as we start with the kingdom, this new allegiance begins in our hearts, but it is demonstrated, it is lived out in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools. It's not just a private faith. And it's not solely a spiritual transformation. There is a social element to it. There is, a, there is a demonstration of the kingdom that, that moves beyond uh, simply thinking about the words of Jesus, but actually putting them into action. Or maybe we could put it this way as we begin this month-long series on gospel priorities. Maybe we could put it this way. The priority of the gospel in our hearts produces gospel priorities in our lives. Let me say that again. The priority of the gospel in our hearts produces gospel priorities in our lives. When we start with the kingdom, we begin to realize that this kingdom is meant to, to move out from our hearts into our neighborhoods, into our city. And so in the midst of all the noise and confusion around all these things, as we begin this new year, 2021, let's recommit ourselves in allegiance solely to Christ's kingdom. Let's repent of our allegiances to other lesser kingdoms and give ourselves wholly to the kingdom of Christ. 
And finally, as we think about this morning where we begin, where we start, we start not only with Jesus, we start not only with his kingdom, but we start as his disciples. You see there at the beginning of chapter five, those first three verses, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the really the, the manifesto of the kingdom, Matthew five, six, and seven, a, a description of the kingdom of heaven. Notice that Matthew makes a distinction between the following crowds and the disciples. So he says he sees the crowds and then he went up on the mountain and sat down with his disciples. Now the crowds, who were they? Well, these were people who wanted the benefits of Christ, wanted the benefits of of his ministry. Uh, They came because there was healing and that made sense. They they maybe appreciated good messages. They uh, appreciated the blessings they might might experience, even those who had some, some free meals from time to time as a result of Christ's miracles. And these crowds, they they came and went. Says later on in the gospels, when the teaching got difficult, uh, they weren't as interested. But when there were opportunities for healing, for blessing, for a good message, something interesting, something different, those crowds were there. What were the disciples like? Well, the disciples, as we've already seen in verses 18 through 22 of chapter four, the disciples were those who left everything to follow Jesus. The crowds came and went to hear the message to receive possible blessings. The disciples left everything to follow Jesus. The priority of their lives became Christ alone. It was the priority over money. See, they they left a livelihood in order to pursue and follow Jesus. It was a priority over family. It was a priority over reputation. They were seeking as disciples to be like Christ. So later on, when the teaching does get difficult, when Jesus says things like, if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The teachings got so hard that the crowds left, but the disciples who had left everything to follow Jesus, they stayed. They said, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's been interesting over this last political season uh, to watch the polls and certainly even as we closed out 2020 to, to see different statistics. I was reading through a bunch of them uh, yesterday or the day before. It's always interesting to me in these polls in America, the amount of people in America who say that they are Christian or who attend church. It's always huge. Or the amount of people in America who say that they are evangelical, meaning that they believe in the evangel, they believe in the gospel of the kingdom, that's what it would mean. The number just is huge. And it would seem that with that many Christians, that many who are attending church supposedly, and that many who are committed to the gospel of the kingdom, we would see a whole different place. But probably what we know to be true is that there are a lot of Americans who are saying that they are Christians who really are just part of the crowd. And they attend church and they hang around ministry because they enjoy a good message or because 
They're looking for some of those blessings that might happen, maybe even a healing. They're looking for some good things in their lives. And so they hang around church. They claim the name of Christ. They don't want to be bad people. Well, brothers and sisters, I think the question for us this morning as we begin this new year is this. Are you in the crowd or do you want to leave everything to follow Jesus? See, we start with Jesus. We start with his kingdom and we start as his disciples. Not as those in the crowd, but as those who would leave everything to follow Jesus, who actually want to be like Christ. And so as we move into this new year, let's commit ourselves in 2021 to being disciples of Christ, not just to be part of the crowd, part of those who attend, who hang around ministry, but to recommit ourselves to be those who want to be like Jesus. Some of you might be saying right now, Todd, where's the grace in all this? I mean, you know, I already have my, I already have my New Year's resolution list and, and now I feel like you've given me three more resolutions, right? I gotta, I gotta start with Jesus. I gotta start with his kingdom. I gotta start as his disciples. It's just another list. I'm not very good at the list I've got. I've already, I've already failed in that. Um, and, and, you know, now what am I gonna do? Do I have enough resolve in 2021 to do that? Do I have enough resolve in January to do that? Where is the grace? Well, let's turn to the words of Jesus there at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Let's see where Jesus starts when it comes to being his disciple. Look what it says in verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God of heaven, poor in spirit. Remember what that means? It means begging poor. The type of poverty that is meant by this word that Jesus uses in the original language is that kind of poverty where you don't have anything. You don't have a place to sleep. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. You literally have no possessions. It's not that you just live below the poverty line. No, you are destitute. You're just there on the street with really nothing. Again, not even knowing where you're going to eat next. Jesus says, blessed are the begging poor in spirit. Where do we start? We come to Jesus. We come to Jesus right now, this morning, on the beginning of this new year. We come to Jesus not with our resolve, not with our, our, our you know, gearing up our strength. No, we come to Jesus with our helplessness, with our inability, with our brokenness. We come to Jesus as the begging poor in spirit, worn out, weary. We walk to him and we hear these words. Blessed are the begging poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you 
for your word. And as we begin this new year, as we begin this series, Father, help us to understand more and more what it means to begin with you, to know you. Help us this year in our helplessness, in our struggle to even have daily devotion time. Father, help us to grow in that, that we might truly know Christ. Father, help us in our, in our weakness, in our brokenness. We're so quick to, to give ourselves to other kingdoms. Father, we repent of that. And we long to give our allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. For we hear from your mouth the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. And we long for that kingdom to move beyond move beyond our, our hearts and move into our, our families and into our neighborhoods and into our city and into our world. Teach us, Lord. Teach us how the priority of the gospel in our hearts produces gospel priorities in our lives. And Heavenly Father, we want to be your disciples. Oh, Lord, we're so tempted to be part of the crowd. And when it gets hard, we want to leave. Thank you for coming after us. Thank you for pursuing us with your love, your relentless love. Lord, we are helpless. We are the begging poor. And we fall at your feet saying we long to be your disciples. Help us. Help us to be your disciples. Father, all of these things we commit to you. We ask you to work in this new year, to work in us, to work in our hearts, in our families, in our church, that you might be glorified. We pray these things in King Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.